Hello there and welcome. From the Bray Seafront, south of Dublin, next to the Carousel, this is Living Large and Hard, Memories of Ireland. So sit back, get comfortable, cop on to yourself, you tick fucking bastards, and enjoy. Because here we go. Hey, how are you? Welcome to Living Large and Hard. What's going on, man? What's up? What's up? What's happening? No, go ahead. You go first. Okay, cool, cool. Um, This is part of my Memories of Ireland series. This is Pubs Part 2. Now, if you didn't listen to Pubs Part 1 yet, uh, it doesn't really matter. And if you listen to Part 3 before this, it doesn't matter either. Some of them you listen you have to listen to in sequence and some you don't this you do not but anyway i just broke it down with different parts so that uh you know what you listen to and you and you know what you haven't and thanks for listening appreciate it Uh, i went to ireland many times Uh, i did a lot of things and i broke this down into cars planes uh, a lot of boat stuff Spent a couple trips on boats, which you may or may not have listened to. If you like this, you probably like that. So this is pubs part two. Now, when the millennium came around, uh, I was just, I was just over it. People were so freaked out. And uh, my initial plan, my my initial plan, which is the one that came true, was to get the fuck out of America because people were acting so goddamn stupid. Um. And firstly, I want I wanted to go to Buenos Aires, but it turned out it was a very, very long series of flights, and it was very, very expensive. So then, at that point, I had not been to uh, Iceland, and uh, since it is a holiday, New Year's, that's one of the times that it was expensive to go to Iceland, even though it's dead of winter. So it just, you know, fell back to do what I usually do back in those days and go to Ireland. I knew at least they'd be sensible about it there. And me and Danny Boy, who's been on a lot of these adventures, um, we took off and went to Ireland for the millennium. Uh, When we got there, we stayed in Dublin and then we went down to Bray. So we figured it'd be a lot going on in Dublin. And um, when we got to our hotel, it wasn't ready when it should have been. So we sat in the pub. Man, I don't, I don't recall many times I've been more just goddamn sleepy in my life. But anyway, we're sitting in the pub, waiting for our room, having a few scoops. Um, what I remember most about that was it was a a square bar and we were on one side and when people would order a toasted sandwich they would the first time I saw it, it kind of freaked me out they had these things that would close up and then drop into the toaster these uh, holders and they put the bread and wrapped it in plastic and then dropped it in to the toaster and I thought man I'm not going to say anything because this is going to be this is going to be entertaining and help me wake up um, 
But through some magic, the plastic didn't burn, but the bread toasted. It's the weirdest fucking thing. The plastic didn't even melt. It's very strange. Uh, we, like I said, we expected there to be a lot going on, being Dublin, being the capital. Problem was that owners of bars wanted to institute for New Year's Eve only a cover charge. And um, bartending in Europe overall, and definitely in Ireland, is a, a union job. So they wanted, uh, people who are attending bar, they wanted a cut of the money from the door. And the pub owners refused. So there was a strike. So there wasn't a hell of a lot going on. It wasn't a lot open. So we went out and wandered out just to see what we could find. And there were a lot of people out partying on the streets. We did see a group pushing a shopping cart full of booze around. That was interesting. So we ended up going right back to our hotel, which did have the cover charge. We paid 10 punts each, 10 Irish pounds. Um, at that point, it probably would have been euro. So we paid our 10 euros to sit in our own fucking hotel bar and uh, wait for the big, nothing really. I mean, they didn't have anything going on, nothing special. Uh, what was going on was Sky... TV, the Rupert Murdoch empire over there. Um, they had the 24 hours of the millennium. They were following it around the planet. So at this point, um, I don't know, we had some like two, three hours to kill that, but nothing really around the world had happened at all, which is what I expected. So we hung out there. Um, I remember Jerry Hollowell Ginger Spice of the Spice Girls had a a video out, and she was looking pretty good. I remember that that came up a lot. Um, there was there were two women across the bar from us. I called them the Lemon Sisters because they had this plate full of lemon slices for some reason. It was, and I mean they they weren't doing tequila shots or any of that, but they were eating the lemon slices while they were drinking. So there were the Lemon Sisters. And then uh, just counted it down, watching Sky TV. And they showed London at that point was the main one. Um, nothing really happened outside. So it was anticlimactic on that point, but the point was not to go where there was a lot going on, but to get away from here where people assumed a lot was going on. I mean, I had people asking me, uh, oh, so you're going to Ireland? Yeah, you're not flying on uh, New Year's, are you? I'm like, yeah. I mean, first of all, I'm not going to be in the sky at midnight, and second of all, I really don't expect that the jet engines on this multi-multi-million dollar thing to just stop working, you know, right after um, 11.59.59 plus one second. Oh, everything comes to it? No, none of that should happen. Uh, I just happened to wake up before 5 a.m. Dublin time, which was midnight New York City time. So I woke Danny Boy up, and we watched that happen. And that was, that was kind of cool, you know. Got the, got the double midnight experience. Uh, the next morning, 
holy shit, because we were right downtown Dublin. There was nothing was moving. Nothing was open. Nobody was out. Uh, it, it was. It looked like that zombie apocalypse looked to it. It was not the best weather, and there was nobody anywhere doing anything. So then, uh, as I said, we were going to go down to Bray, so we went down there, took the Dart Dublin Air Rapid Transit, and we ended up staying in this crap hole hotel called the Kosh, Kosh Fergie. Um, what a fucking glorious dump. <laughs> I mean, it was one of, I'm, uh, I used to be, I still would be if I had someone to go with me, but a dive bar fishing, I, I love dive bars. Uh, this was a dive hotel. Uh, I also used to stay at the dirtiest hotel in America, voted by TripAdvisor four years in a row in New York City, the Carter Hotel. Uh, that was its that was its whole other thing. That was always interesting. Did I ever get into the covers? <laughs> Please. <laughs> no way, man. Um, with the Kosh, we did. Uh, shortly after we were there, it actually closed down, which was not surprising. And it actually got torn down. Um, over Danny Boy's bed was a bare bulb where they punched a hole in the wall to bring the wires out. So that was his reading lamp. It was that kind of place. And then the next day they asked us to leave that room and they put us in a smaller room because there was a, uh, I think it was a rugby club. So they came in, took our room, put us in a shittier, even shittier room. It's one of those places where the carpeting's so thin you, you bother, I mean, you wonder why they even bother to have it on the floor anymore. Because it's it'd be cheaper just to paint the floor that looked like carpeting about as thick um, one thing with the kosh the bar stayed open insanely late so yeah New Year's Day night I I woke up and I had a very quick sensation that I was flying not really flying more like soaring uh, the reality was I had fallen off my bar stool and I was headed to the floor and no one seemed to care. Um, I was tipping well, and I bought a round for the... There was live music, so I bought a couple rounds for them. So they just kind of went, eh, whatever. Uh, ended up back in Bray after that. A couple of months later, in... You know, you can hear the story on that one. In... Bar, uh, was it? Boats. Memories of Island Boats Part 3 part 3b or whatever the fuck it is anyway ended up back there went back to one of the same bars and the bartender was there and he remembered three months later that i'd been there and he said how much time do you after having off anyway i go too much apparently because here i am back again you're not happy to see me but i ended up lending him a multi-tool because his uh his beer cooler in the front we worked on that a little bit so i got a couple rounds so after on that trip, when I came back three months later to Bray, after the barge puked, um, there was a rail strike, another strike. Being a country of unions, unlike America, people strike when they don't get what they want, and then they get what they want, and they have a much better way of life. But anyway, there was a rail strike, so to get from Tullamore down to Bray was an adventure, because nobody knew when the strike was going to start. Nobody knew how exactly the strike was going to unfold, whether it would be 
like Dublin buses were running. Um, the Dart was running, but the trains in and out were stopping. So, you know, we figured it'd be better to get to Bray rather than stay in Tullamore, even though Tullamore was cool. So beat the strike to Dublin. Um, oh, that's right, the buses weren't running, so we had to carry our shit past Guinness, our backpack, backpacks. Um, and Guinness, Jesus Christ, it just goes on and on and on. It's like blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks long uh, to get to the Dart, Dublin Area Rapid Transit. And that's after we had a quick stop in the Porterhouse Pub in the Temple Bar section, which is uh, definitely one of my favorite bars ever. Just a really cool vibe. There are, when you walk in, the bar's in front of you. And if you go to the left and up some stairs, there's an upstairs section. But at the top of that section, if you turn immediately right, there are four lower bar, bleh, four low bar stools in a place where you can lean and actually look over the bar down below and watch everybody come in and go out. Now, that's really dope. I like that a lot. And they had a really good beer selection. They even had their own. They had a, they had an oyster stout, um, only one I ever had, but uh, really, really good. So stopped there and then got the dart and went down to Bray. And now, once we got to Bray, there was something called the Six Nations Rugby Tournament, and we had seen a match up on up on the Grand Canal. When we were on the boat on the canal, on the uh, canal, oh man, you don't want to get canaled. Your ass will never be the same. When we were up on the converted canal barge, um, so that was going on, and then there was a game in Dublin, and at Lansdowne Road, which is up up the Dart a bit first. So was it like second stop, first stop outside the city, and. So that was a big deal. And then just people kept telling us, like at the B&B &B and uh, other places, they go, ah, the Welshmen are coming. Okay. Ah, the Welshmen are coming. Uh, okay, why? Why does that matter? Oh, the singing. They do, they do so love the singing. And I went, all right, cool. Let's see what's up with these Welshmen. So we were in this old-timey hotel down the road from the B&B &B. and the, the only time I've ever seen this this guy uh, the proprietor or the, he had to be because he was working a day shift um, he had on the jacket the vest and the button down shirt with the tie and he would pour your pint and then he would take a tongue depressor for whatever fucking reason because you're supposed to pour it correctly where it just bubbles like makes a dome and doesn't run on the, down the sides anyway. But he would take his tongue depressor and scrape the top off of the foam and go, and so. Okay, excellent, thank you very much. Um, so this guy's there, and then here come the Welshmen. And they came in in a group, there was probably six of them. And they're quite chatty. And one of them, had a foam hat that was in the shape of the Welsh dragon. And he came in, he immediately went to the coal fire, which had a great big sign that said, please do not disturb the coals. 
and grabbed the poker and started poking at it and said, is this good Welsh coal here? And I could see Tongue Depressor Man behind the bar kind of freaking out, sir, sir, sir. Um, so he's getting a little wound up about that. And then the rest of them come up to the bar and they start ordering. And then it was a, a very, it wasn't a very deep bar at all. And behind the bar, there was a, it was a hidden door really, but that's how the guy got in and out. So the hidden door opens and one of the Welshmen sticks his fucking face out and just looks around with a little grin and then closes the door and disappears again. Oh, that's fucking brilliant. I go, this is going to be cool. Here's the guy with the dragon hat already fucking stuff up. And, you know, here's this guy who knows what possessed him to just wander back in the back of the hotel and wander around. Uh, first thing, it's fucking great. So we ended up hanging out with those guys. Uh, not so much first night, but we talked to them. Well, I talked to them. That's what I do. Talked to them and the second ex misses living large and large. She, she actually hit it off with the dragon hat guy and they ended up hanging out quite a bit actually in our posse. Those two uh, were trading quips and things until he got barred <laughs> from a pub. He got kicked out of some pub for something. She wasn't really sure, but uh, you know, seeing the way he acted with the coal, I'm, I'm not surprised. And God bless him. Fair fucks to him, as they say. Um, so the first night, uh, per usual, she went to bed early. I went upstairs. There was the downstairs bar. Then there was an upper one with an outside glassed-in porch. And I went up to the up to the glassed-in porch because I liked it because you could look and look up and down. You could see the freighters at night and... As I'd mentioned in part one, you could also see uh, lighthouses up the coast, three of them. And um, I actually, over time, I got to know which was which from the from the distinctive flashes, because every lighthouse has, has its own flash pattern. So I was up there, and then, uh, man, there was a lot of Welshmen in the bar upstairs. And... Sure as shit, man. They would start singing, and I don't know, I don't know how they knew to all kick in together. But it sounded like a men's choir. Perfect pitch. Um, they knew every chorus. It wasn't that thing, you know, where you just know, like me, you don't know any of it. But some people know the main chorus, and then they don't know the rest. No, they knew everything. And I just, I was sitting up there, I fucking loved it. I had my pint, I had me pint. And I'm looking at the lights up the fucking coast, you know what I'm saying? And after looking over at the, uh, the huge transport ships, gliding across the horizon, with their lights blinking, winking, saying hello, as they split between England and Ireland, making their way God knows where. Anyway, these guys are in there singing their ass with them. And at one point they go, this, I hear a guy go, and this, is for our hosts. And then they all kicked in, oh, Danny boy, I mean, fucking right on. That was great, 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 great. Second day, uh, we met up with our gang again. And we just went bar hopping with them. And I ended up, like I said, second ex-Mrs. Living Large and Hard ended up with Dragon Hat. 
uh, who ended up getting banned from one bar. And I ended up with a guy named Mike, Mike the Welshman. And I asked him where he's from, and he, he was one of those Welsh names with lots of L's, Y's, D's, and N's. Fuck. Good luck with that. Um, and I said, I asked him, I said, do you, you guys have tickets? He said, ah, oh, Mike, no one's got fucking tickets. We're only here for the crack. Uh, crack, C-R-A-I-C, is Irish for good times. So they came all the way from Wales to come to Ireland to watch a game in pubs in Dublin that was happening in Dublin. So, God, I mean, sounds good to me. <laughs> to, you know, to, to be with your buddies and to travel all the way from Wales and then take the ferry over or fly over, whatever the fuck they did. Um, and they had to they had to hire a van because the, the strike was on. I guess even the dart wasn't running at that point. And so they had to hire a van to get down from the airport. And then to, to, you know, just mosey around Bray and then up to the city to watch the game in a pub uh, had to be fucking, well, it would have been a fantastic time. The time that I spent with them was very, very enjoyable. Just really, really nice guys and fun. So, yeah, and also none of them had fucking tickets, like he said. So, um, yeah, we did that. Hours of just going up and down the Bray seafront, hitting different bars. So it got to be closing time at the last bar we were at. And uh, Mike shows up, and the lights are on, and they're trying to get us to leave. And he goes, do you like magic tricks? And I go, she does. Point to my uh, second ex, Mrs. Living Large and Hard. Um, I do too, but figured I'd get her involved in this. And so he, he gets this guy, goes, come here. And this guy does magic tricks for us. <laughs> well, while the lights are on, they're trying to kick us out of the fucking pub. And here's a Welshman doing card tricks uh, at who knows when the fuck in the morning. <sighs> Great time. Anyway, this is Pubs Part 2. Memories of Ireland. And you can comment on this. As Connie Whitebread does often. Thank you, Connie Whitebread. On SoundCloud, you can leave a comment there. You can get a hold of me on Facebook, Mike or Max Marvin. You can message me there. You can DM me on Living Large and Hard on Instagram. And as always, here I am in the skybox on a Sunday. Pretty nice out, actually. High above Route 309. Where's that, you ask? Downtown Pennsylvania, motherfuckers. So let's listen to some traffic. Get out of here. <laughs>